Thank you for listening to this recording of Family Bible Church's Sunday morning message. We pray that God will use this word to bless and encourage you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? 
Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading from his word this morning. You may be seated. So we have been considering the marks of a healthy church. Um, two weeks ago, we began a little sub-series within the series um, dealing with the unity of the church. It beco- comes from Jesus' statement in John 17, where he's praying for the church, for us, not just for his disciples at that time, but he specifically says, I do not pray for these alone, the ones that were with him, but for also for those who will believe on me through their words. And then note, then again, as we talk about it, what his prayer was for us. As he's looking ahead to the church in the future, he wants us to be one. 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 Just as he in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Why? So that the world will know. So Jesus prays for us to become one, the body of Christ, not just this little bitty family Bible church, but the church to be one in order that the world will know that he was one. So think about it. Our oneness is a reflection of the triunity of God, okay? So as we came into this mini-series now, we're looking at the fact of the unity of the church, but we're going to look at it in four parts, okay? We've already considered the unity of the church and the synergy of the church. Today we want to look at the diversity of the church. Next week, the excellency of the church. But as we went into this, we saw from the very beginning um, of um, Paul, and this is what we are memorizing as a memory verse, right? That is from Ephesians chapter 4, beginning of verse 1. Paul challenges the believers to walk worthy of the calling with which they are called. Well, again, so what's the calling? So as we went back and we analyzed that, the calling is for me individually, you individually, as a believer in Jesus Christ, to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's what he's called. Romans chapter 8 is very clear on it, that he's predestined us to be conformed to the image of Christ. So it makes sense then that... As we come together as a body of individuals who are seeking to be conformed to the image of Christ, that it would be a common goal of ours, and we'll talk about this in a moment, the common goal of ours is to be, then, conformed to the image of Christ. That as an assembly, as we come together, we want to look more and more like Jesus. We want to act more and more like Jesus. It just kind of makes sense. So, How does that play out? Well, Jesus wants us to be one. Jesus wants the unity of it. So if I'm seeking to have the mind of Christ and I want to be like Christ, that means I want to have unity within his body so that his body isn't dysfunctional. Get it? I mean, when again, you see somebody whose body is not acting like it's supposed to. You say there's something what? Wrong. Well, it should be the same thing when you're looking at a church. And if a church, something's not happening right, there's something wrong. Okay, well, what's wrong? They're not focusing on Jesus. They're not trying to become like Jesus. Well, in that then, we were told very quickly that when it happens, we're going to have one body, only one. Okay, it's Christ's body. There's going to be one spirit, okay, the Holy Spirit. And we're told, again, I don't want to get into it, but again, that there are false spirits and they're in the world, okay, and people are being led by false spirits just because people say, I hear, I'm, I'm, I'm being led by the spirit. Well, I don't know what spirit it is, but it has to be consistent with what God wrote. If it's not consistent with what God wrote, it's not his spirit. Does that make sense? Okay, just distract. 
out there. Okay, one hope. Again, we talked about what's the hope. Well, First Peter chapter one is very clear. My hope, my hope. Hopefully, it's your hope too, right? Anyways, should be that you will be conformed to the image of Christ. That's an important thing. Why? Because when I die, all that can be left in the presence of God is that which is perfect. How many of you are perfect? Better not be a hand goes up, right? Therefore, since you're a sinner, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, not a single one of us can be in the presence of God. You have no hope of going to heaven on your own. Do you get it? The only hope that you have is that you're conformed to the image of Christ. And you can't do that on your own. But God began the good work in you, and he will continue to perform it to the day of Christ. And so one day when I go through the portal of death, this is exciting. You can't kill me. We'll talk about that again a little bit later. Okay? But the fact is, I'm going to live forever. I already am living forever. But when I go through the portal of death in that living forever, at that moment, this mortal will put on immortality, this corruptible will put on incorruption. I will be conformed to the image of Christ perfectly forever. And at that moment, I'll be allowed in the presence of God. Not because of me, but because of him and what he's done for me. So we have one hope, right, um, of the calling. One Lord. There's only one Yahweh. Only one Lord. Okay, Jesus is Yahweh in the flesh. He came incarnate. That's who he was, the creator God who came to his people. Okay, there's one faith, one baptism, one God. Okay, only one. So we need to have a unity, a core unity in these seven things. Okay, there's a fact. Okay, so, but he continues on then in the next part where we're talking about the synergy of the church, where now the church has to work together at doing this. Okay, and we saw how the church, when it comes together, then has the same goal till we all come. There's a process. We're not perfect. Just as I'm not perfect as an individual, we're not going to be as sinners. One of the things I like to talk about, and I didn't mention this last week, but when I do marital counseling, one of the things I like to, to talk about, let's say when I have marital counseling, it's because people need what? Marital counseling. It kind of makes sense, right? Okay. So let's assume for a moment you're a good person and you're married to a good person. Now, if you come to marital counseling, you would disagree with that statement totally. But that's okay. Let's assume for a moment you're 70% good. You'd get a C. I still believe in a 10-point 10, 10, 10 grade skill. Anyways, so let's say you're 70%, you're doing pretty good. Does anybody know how you do statistics? My undergrad, mathematics, statistics, computer science, that kind of stuff. I love this stuff, okay? So anybody know how you do statistics? So if you're 70% good and this person's 70% good and you bring them together, how do you, do, how do you figure out the, the collective goodness? You multiply. So if you take 0.7, which is 70%, and you multiply by 0.7, which is 70%, how good are you as a couple? 0.21, or I'm sorry, 0.49. That's right, 0.49. See, I, I can't do simple math. Anyways, <laughs> 0.49, my wife, she'll tell you. Rocket science, we're good with. Checkbook, not so good. Anyways, 0.49, 49%. So now collectively, you're 49%. Now you come to the body of Christ, quote unquote, the church, right? And we're, I mean, we're, we're better than the average bear here, right? We're more righteous than, than I'm, I'm joking, you're tongue in cheek, okay? But let's say, let's say in your really goodness, you're 90% good. That's still 0.9. And now you put two of us together, it's 81%. You put three of us together, you got nine times nine times nine. Right now we're down in the 70s. Do you know how, say how this goes? And right now we got about 60 people sitting here, right? Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But let's say 60, and I don't know, I don't have that calculated in my brain. Okay, But you can kind of see how that goes down, 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 down. So we have to work on this. This is something that we have to then work on because just by nature by our sin nature we're gonna what say again phil 
we're going to fail, okay? Uh, entropy happens. Does that make sense? We're going to collectively, if we don't work on this thing, it's, it's going to fall apart, okay? And you see that in so many churches. Why do you think churches split? Because you have a bunch of sinners that got together and they wanted their way and they didn't want Jesus' way, okay? They lost sight of the collective purpose. Does it make sense? And it became their church rather than his church. Okay, so how does it work out? Well, syn- synergy is when you have then the interaction or cooperation of two or more agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. So as we come together, Christ chooses to use us in a positive manner, not a negative manner. But there's the process in which each part has its, has its part that it does. So the Lord, as we saw, endows. I changed my point here. If you remember this from last week, it didn't kind of communicate very well, so I changed the, the, how they flow a little bit here. But the Lord endows the church. He gifts the church. And he gifts everyone. We're going to see that today real quick, okay, in, in just a moment, okay? But then he specifically re- endows others. So we have the, um, evan- the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, and pastors, teachers. But their job then as the leaders are to equip the church. So you have the Lord endowing the church, gifting the church, again, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then the leaders equip the church to outfit. If you remember the word equip, I was telling you that that's kind of the word for an outfitter, okay? That he's refurbishing. He's, 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 he's giving you the things that are necessary. So as I went to Canada and I led all those um, trips that were there, you know, we had an outfitter at the, 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 the base lodge there. And so when we got there, our boat was ready. Um, if, you know, he had the food ready, all that kind of stuff. So we had an outfitter that went through it. He outfitted us for the, the journey that we were going to take upriver, okay? It's the, the leader's jobs here to equip, to outfit the saints, okay? So what are we supposed to outfit you in? Into ministering. It's the whole body's job to do the ministering, not my job to do the ministering, okay? We, we have professionalized everything in our society wrongfully. The church is not a corporation, it's not a company. It's not a business. It's a family. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, you became a child of God. He adopted you into the family. It's family. This isn't business. So if you've been here long enough, you know that even when we do our annual meeting, it's just a family meeting. Put it out ahead of time. Everybody can talk about it. So when we come to the point where we've got to do business for the state and everybody else, okay, that is just a five-minute meeting, ten-minute meeting. Because it's just family. We're family, and we just want to be able to handle the finances together as a family. It's not my money. It's not the elder's money. It's not your money. It's God's money, and he just wants us to distribute it properly. Okay? So, and then Steve will be talking about that in two weeks, I think, actually. Um, And so, the outfit the saints into mature doctrine, so to teach. Okay? So, we teach. Right? Sometimes people say, oh, I wish you'd teach a little bit shorter time. Anyways, but the whole idea is to, to mature us, okay? To cause us to be perfected in Christ, okay? And then to outfit the saints into mutual edification. So to help equip you, to train you, to inspire you, to encourage you, to exhort you, to kick you in the butt. Anyways, to <laughs> minister to one another, okay? That this is the body, and as, as a family interacts, so does the body of Christ supposed to be interacting, okay? So then that leads us to that final part, and that is the members then edify the church. The process involves the whole church, again, which we're going to see in a moment, and the result then is the growth of the body. Paul now turns, and he begins to teach this to 
the church of Corinth. The exact same concepts that we talked about the last two weeks, now we're going to look at it from a different angle as he begins to teach the church of Corinth. Okay, now we're going to go from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, we're going to start at verse 4. Okay, and we're going to go line by line, verse by verse, all the way through it. I'm going to have the verses up on here. Sometimes they make it a little bit small. So if you have your Bible and you want to open up to 1 Corinthians 12, that's important. You have a lot of other verses again on your sermon note sheet that I'm probably not going to go into today, but they're there for you to do your, again, studying later on. You can go check me out, okay? Make sure that I'm not lying to you, okay? That's important, okay? Okay, because we, we, we talked about, again, Satan has people in pulpits, First, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Okay, workers of Satan, okay, who are pretending to be ministers of righteousness, but they're not, whose end shall be according to their works. Okay, so I want you to check me out, okay, because you're going to be responsible when you stand before God, whether you believed something I told you. And if it's not true, okay, then you're accountable for that. Okay, now I believe I'm trying to teach you truth. Okay, but that's for you to make sure, okay, because you're going to stand before God on your own. So that goes for everything that you guys believe, okay? So we're going to start here with the source of truth. When we're talking about how God distributes then the gifts, okay? So we are all gifted. We saw that from Ephesians chapter 4, that Christ, generally speaking, gifts every one of us, okay? That's going to come out now in more detail, okay? How does it actually happen? Well, beginning at verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're told, this is exciting to me, um, in three ways, parallelism, that's going to go on here, okay? We're told that there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And so you'll see that I have in the Greek, the, the transliteration of the Greek next to it. I know, it means nothing to you. But what I want you to see, look at those three transliterations, okay? Uh, so what do you see in common between them all? Di- yeah, diuresis, okay? Diuresis, okay? They all start with the same word. So we have diversities, differences, diversities, but why? It's the same exact word. Literally, it means it talks about a variety. There is a variety or a distribution, if you would, is kind of the concept of it, okay? That, so there are a variety or a distinction, if you would, a distinction of gifts that are given, okay? But what do we see from each one of these then? So with this distinction of gifts, the distinction of ministries, and the distinction of activities, what do you see in common again? It's God. It's God who gives it. Do you see it? It's the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same what? God. Now what's exciting about that? Look at that. It's the same what? Spirit, same Lord, same God. What do you see there? The Trinity. You see the triunity of God. You have the Spirit, God the Spirit, God the Son, God the Father. Do you get it? Okay. It's everywhere through the Scriptures. People say, where does the Bible talk about it? It is like all through it. God just assumes it, and he puts it all through. Okay. So the source, quickly coming through here, the source of the gifts is who? It's God. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Okay. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more, how, how it plays out. Okay. But now we're told the recipients are who? Who are the recipients? You say we are, but what does it literally say? It's all of us. Each one of us. Exactly right. Every single one of you, okay, because you're going to see this at the very end when one of my questions, right? Okay? And I'm going to ask you, is God a liar? Okay? And that is, every single one of us has been what? Gifted. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you have been gifted. Now, here's the deal. I want you to think about this. How many of you have ever been born? 
Yeah, kind of makes sense. Every hand's going to go. Okay, it's a no-brainer. Like, okay, I smell a rat. Why is he talking about this? Well, when you were born, you had talents. You had abilities. You had gifts. I got seven kids. They're all different. There are a diversity of talents. A distinction of abilities that were in each one of them. And I didn't give any one of them any of them. Does that make sense? They came from God. Do you see the, the parallelism that's kind of playing out here? Okay. This is kind of fun stuff. Okay. So you were born with these things. Some people are more musical. Some people are more theatrical. Some people are more uh, I don't say, um, mathematically minded. How are um, order? T- you know, say again. Not you. I'm not mathematically minded. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I love you too, Mom. Anyways, so, so the reality is that we're all gifted in some manner, but we're gifted differently. Okay. Sometimes that can be exciting to us, and sometimes that can drive us bonkers. But in the same way, Jesus said, John chapter 3, when he's talking to Nicodemus, you must be what? You must be born again. You must be born again. And Peter says in his epistle that as a newborn babe desires the sincere milk that you may grow thereby. Okay? The fact is that in the same manner in which you were born physically, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you also need to be born again spiritually. So when you are born again spiritually, you come through a birthing process, if you would, in the same manner. And when that happens, God gives you other gifts, other talents, other abilities. Ich habe fünf Jahre in der Schule. Ich habe drei Jahre in Hochschule, ein Jahre in Elementary und ein Jahre in der Universität. I'm speaking specifically here because now we're going to have an interpreter. What did I say? I haven't got a clue what that guy just said. What did I say, Michelle? You went to school, to grade school, and you had a university. Oh, but I never even told you that I, I learned German. See, I didn't learn German so well. And so, but that's my point. I had five years, is what I said, right? I had five years of, of schooling, as I should have said of Deutsch. Anyways, of German. It took me five years to be able to say that statement to her. My point was, yeah, and I still didn't. That's my point, okay? My point is that prior to Christ, I didn't have any capacities for languages. But after Christ, I ate up Greek and Hebrew. I love it. I wanted to go on and continue to have my THM, don't worry about that, in Aramaic studies and that kind of stuff. It's just an amazing thing, okay? But I still want to learn Spanish, and I can't learn Spanish. It drives me bonkers. But when I was in Peru, I spoke Spanish to two little kids and they got saved. I don't know how that plays out. Do you get it? Because God is what? Is the one who what? He gifts. And he gifts everyone. Every person. He gives to each one. And then continue to look at it. Because the purpose is to profit what? All. Not to profit me. The gifts and abilities and talents that he gives to me is not for to glorify Bob. This isn't about Bob right now. Again, I was a computer guy. I was a math guy. I like sitting in my cubicle. I like programming. I still like programming. I still like, I mean, you come watch me you know, and do the XMLs and go into the, the codes and that kind of stuff. I just enjoy that kind of stuff. I'm in my realm. This isn't necessarily my realm. It sort of is now because God has worked this in me over the years. But God called me to do this, and whatever God calls you to do, we were talking about this earlier, right? Whatever God calls you to do, he will what? He'll equip you to do it. He will empower you to do it. So 
God gives a gift to everyone, and the purpose of giving you the gift is so that you can benefit, you can bless everybody else, not to draw attention to yourself. And I pray that this doesn't draw attention to me. I really, I, you know, as we put these things out on Spotify and everything like that, it's not to draw attention to Bob. It's to draw attention to Jesus, okay? So don't, ever, don't do that to me. Don't, don't put this on me, okay? So, but the prophet then, you can see what it means, and so I put it down there because it's kind of fun. Sum Pharaoh, okay? Together with and to bear and to carry, okay? And so this prophet, everybody, is that we come together bearing together this stuff, right? So that, because again, synergistically, think about that, as we many, so yesterday you kind of went, talked about a little bit how being on West Vineland pulling vines, but we came alongside Chuck. Chuck has a friend who needed minister to, an elderly woman, a widow. And so James says, pure religion undefiled is taking care of the widows and the orphans, right? So we went, and there was a huge amount of people that showed up, and many hands make light work. It was a synergistic working of the body. And what was really cool is when Bobby showed up, because he's not from this assembly. And so, and, and a neighbor showed up too? How cool is that? Okay? And so that is the body of Christ outside a little local assembly. Okay? And she's not from this little neighborhood. She's from down past Augusta National. Okay? And so we got the opportunity to go minister to and work together as a team. Make sense? Okay? That's kind of fun. That's what this is all about. It was to profit everyone. And so yesterday, Miss Judy got profited, if you would, off of that. Okay? That she was blessed by the body of Christ coming together to take care of her, okay? Now we go on to the classes. Now, I don't have time to give every one of these gifts, okay? So, so put that out of your mind. Think, oh, we're, gonna, no, we're not going to do that. You can go back and listen to the series on 1 Corinthians where I go through all these, okay? But what I want to point out here is that there are classes of gifts. Classes of gifts. You don't see it in the English. You didn't hear it when Chuck was reading. But now if you look up there, you're going to see red and green. You're going to see all these another's that are up there. And two of them are in green, and, and the rest of them, seven, I think, no, six, are in red, okay? There are a couple words in the Greek for other, okay? And so there's the word alas, which means another of the same kind. There is the word heteros, like heterosexual, heteros, which means another of a different kind, okay? So, so alas, alamorphs, are um, words that have the same formation, okay? And then you have heteros, heterosexuals, who we love somebody of a different type. Makes sense? Because a man loves a woman. Anyways, we won't go there. So, but you have the concept of alos and heteros, okay? That's how this is playing out. So I'm going to, alos is the same, heteros is a different, okay? So I'm going to read it. So, for to one is given words of wisdom through the spirit, alos, another of the same kind, the word of knowledge through the same spirit, heteros, to another of a different kind, Faith by the same spirit, alas, to another of the same kind, gifts of the heal, gifts of healings, drop down to alas, another of the same kind, works of miracles, alas, another uh, same kind, prophecy, alas, another of the same kind, discerning of gifts, uh, uh, heteros, another of a different kind of tongues, alas, the interpretation of tongues. What's the point? Paul clearly was telling us that there are distinctions in gifts. Okay? So there's distinctions in the gifts that he's going to give you. Within the, within the classifications, there's still distinctions, right? But there's a distinction between the types of gifts. There are gifts of insight, there are gifts of faith, and there are gifts of languages. Okay? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it's languages. It's not an aberrant tongue. Okay? Literally, the word tongue, 
uh, is used to talk about languages. Lip is used for dialect. Okay, and so if you go to Acts chapter two, I don't think I have it on your on your sermon note sheet, but you can go to Acts chapter two, and you see on Pentecost, like today is Pentecost, what what happened there is also these Galilean guys were all speaking different languages. So it's kind of like when I was the gringo down in Peru, and all of a sudden I spoke Spanish. Okay, I didn't speak um, gringoese. Okay, which is what I spoke the rest of the time. Okay, and so if you want to know about that, ask me about it. It was just a cool moment. Um, it was the cherry on top of the Sunday that God gave me that whole week. It was just blew my socks off. I, I was putting out, like, you can't do this, God, type stuff. And God said, hell, watch me. And um, it was just kind of cool stuff. Anyways, so, but there are all these classifications, these distinctions of gifts, right? But then note at the bottom, again, it's going, we're going to talk about it, in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to what? Each one. Each one. Individually as what? As he wills. Again, who is the source? God. God is the source, and he gives it to each person as he chooses to give. And we're going to see this repetitively today. He's going to, he's going to give it to each one, and it's for the, the, the benefit of, the profit of everyone. So these gifts weren't given to draw attention to yourself. Not so you can have a healing service, and everybody can talk about the great healer. Think about it. Peter and John never set up a tent and had a healing service. You get it? It just happened along the way. Paul never did it. It just happened along the way. Okay? These were things to validate the word of God, that the message was going forth, and to minister to other people as God desired. Okay? So... We get into the second part. So that's the distribution of the gifts. This is the part where we really want to focus on, not spending a lot of time, but this is the part that I really want to take away, and that's the cooperation of the gifts. That's what we're talking about today, this cooperation. That there's a diversity within our assembly, and so diversity doesn't divide. Diversity can unify. I love diverse, unity within diversity, okay, is the concept, okay? Unity within diversity. There is a diversity among us. We're not all the same. That can drive us apart because we like being around people who think like us and act like us, and you shouldn't. You'll never grow that way, okay? I, I want to continually be challenged to be able to think differently, okay? Even though I think that you think wrong, okay? I, I, I want to at least be challenged in my thinking so that maybe if I'm not just perfectly right in one spot, I could be honed. But think about it. You think the way you think because you think it's what? It's right. Yeah. I mean, why would you hold to something if you think it was wrong? This is kind of dumb. I won't ask you your favorite color, but it's your favorite color because it's your favorite color. I think you're dumb for having that favorite color. Anyways, do you get what I'm saying? That's kind of silly. That's kind of silly. God made us, fearfully and wonderfully made us to have these things. So, the cooperation of the gifts. Now we get into the outline. Right? See, so the intrinsic nature of the body. The what? The intrinsic nature. What is it? What is the body that we're talking about in its very nature, in its very essence. Who are we? Well, Paul continues to talk about it because he wants us to understand this. Based upon all this fact that all these gifts are given, lest you be puffed up in yourself with all your gifts, you need to understand what it's all about, where it's from. Well, who are you? Well, we are the body of Christ. 
For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were also baptized into what? One body. Do you think Paul's trying to get them to understand something here? How many bodies are there? One. Whose is it? Christ's. It's Christ's. It's not yours. And I'm not picking fingers at you. Get it? It's not mine. It's not any one of us. That's what Paul's saying. Look, it's not yours. You're the body of Christ. And you're playing a part. It's really okay. It's who you are. Okay? So, we're the body of Christ. But secondly, we are a what? A spiritual body. Okay? So, we're baptized by one spirit. Okay? Into one body. And then, at the bottom says, we've all been made to drink into one spirit. But note this part that's in between here. Okay? Whether what? Whether Jew or Greek. Whether slave or free. So Paul says to the Galatians, he says, In Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free nor uh, slave nor free nor male nor female. What's the point? We're one and we're one in the spirit. Elijah, can I pick on you? I didn't even talk to you yet. Come on up here. So, I hope you're going to be good with this. You can deck me later. (laughs) Now, the world would say that Elijah and I ain't the same. And uh, we haven't talked about this at all. So, track with me on this and hang with me, okay? Okay? (laughs) But the world teaches evolution, doesn't it? Okay. For those of you who've been taught evolution, and, and not Bible, evolution, he's closer to the apes than I am. Okay, according to what? According to evolution. evolution. But according to God's word, Genesis chapter 1, we were both made in the image and likeness of God. God, I do act like an ape. I do. My mom and dad would always say that I had the long arms because I could get the things at the top. They were, I'm, I am the giant in my family, just so you know that. If, you want to know how small my family is? Okay, this is, this is how we're, we're at. You are a midget. Anyways, so. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you're welcome. I know you do. Um, I love my mom-in-law. Anyways, so, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're made in the image and likeness of God. God is a what? Spirit. Those who worship him must worship him where? Spirit and in truth. Okay? Thanks. Appreciate it. Okay, now, the body of Christ, now, I equally could have called up Jose. Is Jose here? He's not here today, is he? He's, he's not, okay? Or, or Bill, but you don't look as much Latino as, as, as Jose does, okay? And, um, but you get what I'm saying, okay? Adis, you're kind of, you, you're out there, you know, the Caribbean girl. Anyways, <laughs> and so, but you understand what I'm saying, okay? There is neither black, quote-unquote, or white. So here's the deal. Some of you heard me say this before, but I want to go through it. I want you to think this one through. It's important to think about. I had an opportunity Friday. Friday is when I talked to Kobe for a couple hours. Yeah, Vivant salesman. He came to sell me um, um, on a Vivant system. I, I, I was able to talk to him about Jesus instead. It's two hours together. It was a great time. Great, great opportunity. Um, but I got to go through a lot with, with Kobe because, again, not being taught. So here's, I, I shared this with Kobe as well. Okay, can you see me? If you can see me, put up your hand. 
Put your hands down. You can't see me. You can't see me, and I'm not a magician. If you cut off my arms, am I still me? A lot of people start stumbling, like especially over the school with the kids. Oh, uh, no, no. Let's think about this now. If I'm walking around like this, am I, am I still who I am? Well, yeah. Okay, so if I don't have any arms, I'm still me. If you cut off my arms, you cut off my legs. Don't go to the um, Mon- Monty Python stuff, okay? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's nearly a flesh wound! Anyways. Uh, anyways, but you cut off my arms. I knew it was going to happen, so anyways, might as well do it. You cut off my arms, you cut off my legs. Am I still me? I'm still me. You cut off my arms, you cut off my legs, you burn me in a fire so I don't look like this. Maybe I look more like Elijah, okay? Anyways, am I still me? Yes. Well, you get what I'm saying because it would be darker, okay? Am I still me? Yes, I'm me. Why? Because I live inside this tent. Do you get it? We judge too many people based upon the what? The tent. The tent that they're living in. Get rid of the tent. Look out the windows. You're going to see trees. You're going to see vegetation. Does it eat? Does it drink? Does it breathe? It does. Is it alive? Yeah, it does. A, a tree is, a, a vegetation is alive. Do they talk to one another? No, they don't. People think they can talk to them, but they don't talk to them. They thrive on your hot air, okay? Okay? Now, God has abilities for them to give forth scent and things like that that can communicate from that perspective, but it's not like a, a, a soulful, um, uh, social kind of concept, okay? So they have body, but they don't have a soul, okay? Animals, squirrels. Do you guys ever hunt? Yes? Okay, when you go out into the woods and you get up a tree, it's not just the deer that you don't want to see you. You don't want anything to, to know you're there. You want the birds to be flying through, chattering, like nothing is happening. You want the squirrels just chopping around. You don't want that big old fox squirrel going in that tree going, pointing right at you, right? What's he doing? And all of a sudden from around, you hear, after this guy started, all the other squirrels start sending out the signal. Man is in the forest. Bambi, stay away. Anyways, they talk. They eat, they drink, they breathe. They have a body, but they also communicate with one another. They got a soul. But you've never seen a bunch of squirrels or a bunch of dogs or a bunch of cats get together and have a prayer meeting. They're not meeting together on Sunday morning to worship something because they haven't got a spirit. That's good. She's learning. Okay. Think about it. They, they, don't, they don't learn, or they don't, they, don't, they don't worship anything because they haven't got a spirit. What sets man apart? We have a body. We eat, we drink, we breathe. We have a soul. We communicate with one another. But we have a spirit all around the world. All around the world right now. People are wanting to worship something. They have a void within them, even when they don't. Even Richard Dawkins worships himself. He's a God-hater. He can say he's an atheist, but he's not an atheist. He's a God-hater. Do you get what I'm saying? And he only does all that kind of because he's got a spirit. Because God made him as a spirit being, and that's the only reason he's even going there. So even his, his, his adamant desire to, to, to go against God is a proof that God did it. It's exactly what he said. And so we're not just a fleshly body. We're not just a social club. And you have a lot of those out there. We're a spiritual club, if you would. We're a spiritual family. That's who we are. The book of Revelation says that when the saints are gathered together, 
we will collectively sing a new song out of every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. We will gather together. If you got a problem with other people based upon their skin color or based upon their nationality or based upon their, their um, I don't want to say sexual orientation because that goes too far anymore. Anyways, but you get what I'm saying, okay? Then you got a problem with God. Because God made male and female in his image and likeness. And then God made us in such a way that we would produce multiple varieties of colors. Elijah, are we related? We are indeed. I knew you'd go there. Good. And, and, and even if it's to where, we know we're related. To, 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 to what extent? I mean, I, I mean, I'm... Noah. Yeah, say Noah. Say Noah. Yeah. We know. We know everybody came from Noah and his three sons and, and their wives, right? I mean, we can go back to Adam, but I can bring it up 2,000 years closer and say it was to Noah. Now, I don't know if he came from Ham or Japheth or Shem or whether I came from Ham, Japheth or Shem. I don't know that, but I know we both came from Noah. You track with me on that one? So whether you like it or not, you're kin with everybody you see. Yeah, so I'm looking at you, Hunter, because this is, Hunter's from down this area. He's my son-in-law now. So, and it's one of the things I really, I, I love about it. But your family group, because they're, they're all around here, right? I mean, you know second cousins and all this kind of stuff. I ain't got a clue what those things are. <laughs> Make sense? But there are people, and I'm not picking on his family, but you know, their second cousin once removed, they come from my, 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 my grandfather's cousin who was, you know, over there, and it's like, <laughs> you didn't mean it how you said anyways <laughs> but yes no I get it yeah, yeah I get it <laughs> but my point is whether you like it or not your neighbor is family everyone is family whether you like it or not oh he has neighbors now me yeah see he liked me enough that he moved across from the street from me um, you moved all the way to Georgia. Come on. Anyways, so that's right. That's what I was like, talking about going into the, the fire pan. Anyways, so, so here we are. So we're a spiritual body, okay? We're the body of Christ, but we are a what? A spiritual body, okay? Now, the integral nature, what does that mean? Well, that we work together, okay? That not only with the body of Christ, but now he's going to say, so therefore, since you are one body, and you're Christ's body, and you're a spiritual body, you ought to be what? Working in sync. That's synergy all over again, okay? And so here we go. So the configuration of the body is by the will of God. That's everything that's in orange coming down here. Uh, again, you know guys like, I know I love colors, okay? Colors help me see things. I'm very visual, okay? So everything that's in orange is dealing with the configuration of the body. Everything that's in that purplish color is talking about each person having a role. And everything that's in the green is that talking about the fact that each person is what? Important. You are important. You have a role in this assembly. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, look, the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. The body is one, has many members, but God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as what? He pleased. Do you know why you're here today? Because God wanted you to be here today. Isn't that awful? He said, oh, sovereignty of God. Oh, it means I don't know. How, do, how the sovereignty of God and the free will of man work together, I don't know. It's an amazing thing. You made the decision to come today, but God wanted you here. How does that play out? I don't know. 
But if you've been coming here for a while, and I'm not excluding visitors, okay? But if you've been coming for a while, you've made a decision, okay? You believe God what? Wants you here. If God wants you here, then you ought to be what? According to God, you should be being a part. You should have a role. You should be looking for a role. Now, you may only be for a couple weeks, and you're just like, ah, you know, you may be here for a couple months. But you should be earnestly praying to know what God's role is for you in this assembly. Okay? God has a role for you here. Not to warm the seats. Not to make it dirty so that, and we need someone to be new janitor for the chapel, right? But not to put the, put the dirt on the floor so that the janitor has something to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the person who spills the Coke so that somebody else got to clean it up. Yeah. Everybody's got to do something. That's mine. I make the mess. Don't you think your kids think that way sometimes? Anyways, whatever. So, but look what it says. Not one member, but many. If the foot should say, if the ear should say, if an eye, that means that everybody has a what? Again, a specific role, okay? So whether you're a foot, whether you're an ear, whether you're an eye, my function in this assembly is I'm a voice box. I'm a teacher. That's who I am. That's what God has raised me up to be. I don't mean that, that and I'm no special than you are. Does it make sense? Everybody has a purpose. When you, when you eat food, is it more important to you how it tastes, smells, or looks? Oh, looks, taste, what? Taste. But do you realize that your taste is, is say it again, Mark. Smell is 80% of your taste. So if you're... Had COVID? You get it. I love coffee, except for a couple months during COVID. It was putrid. I mean, it was putrid. I I mean, I'm cleaning up the the sun porch because I'm thinking there's all kind of construction dust and everything else going on. There's something stink in the house. And then I walked past Marcia's coffee and I realized it was her coffee that stank. I was like, oh, no, God, don't do this to me. You're taking away my coffee. Think about it. I couldn't stand coffee. I didn't drink coffee. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, I'm not going to drink coffee. What am I going to drink? I'm not drinking water. <laughs> Anyways. So, I mean, I, I went through this whole morph of trying to figure out. Well, I, actually, I drank water because I couldn't taste anything anyway, so I just drink water. Anyways. But you get it, what I'm saying? We think that the taste bud is more important than the smell, but the taste bud wasn't more important than the smell because the smell, your nose, actually aided your taste bud. But presentation is important, isn't it? Some things you're going to taste. So at um, oh, Isaac's, uh, Isaac's graduation party, there was the peanut butter and, and, and fruit roll rolls, or whatever you want to call those things they, they made, okay? They bought from um, Publix, I think. Man, I kept looking at it. And, and my, my, my mind was saying, no, it's just, it just it doesn't go together. But, but my eyes are looking at the peanut butter. If you know me, I mean, PB is the perfect thing for me. Pastor Bob with peanut butter. And my oldest daughter is Jessica with J. We were PB and J, peanut butter and jelly. Anyways, I mean, it's just, I mean, that is all. Of, I'd have a peanut butter and jelly over a hamburger or over a steak. I mean, I just love peanut butter and jelly, you know. So finally I gave in. Toward the end of it, I said, oh, I got to go. It's a bad decision. Oh, it was not. Now, you may like it, but for me, it was awful. But based upon my visual, I went for it. Does it make sense? 
my body was working together in this moment. This body ought to be working together. Some of you will see needs. Many of you will see needs that I don't see. It's not my body. It's his body. And he's going to show needs to you. But it's not for somebody else then to do it. Do you get it? But it could be that somebody comes alongside you because they're hands. I love the song by Casting Crowns. If we are the body. If we are the body. Why aren't his hands reaching? Or arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? If we are the body, then why aren't his feet going? I encourage you to come out on Wednesday nights for 45 minutes to go meet neighbors. Because neighbors are important. Again, I'm an introvert. It's not where I want to be, to going out meeting people I don't know. But Jesus wants me to. Go out and meet your neighbors. Even if you're not coming here, go meet your neighbors. We'll give you packets to give them. Not because it's about this church, but because it gives you something to do when you go to the door. Uh, okay? But it's about Jesus. It's what he wants us to be. We're the body of Christ. Each person has a role. Each person is important. Finally, the coalescence then of the body is for the good of all. Again, heard that point before, right? It's for the profit of what? For everybody. And so now he's using this word picture to bring it to our path, right? And so the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Why? You can see something and you want it really bad, but you can't what? You can't pick it up if you haven't got a hand. But the hand can't pick it up if it doesn't know it's there. Do you get it? The eye and the hand, they need each other. Again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. You are just the worst part. That's why we put shoes and socks all over you. Because you're so looking bad, you know. That's why we have the, the not just the manicurist, now we have the pedicurist, because we've got to have our toes look good. Anyways, why? Think about it. You don't go to an albicurist, do you? <laughs> Did you ever go to an ericurist? How about a noacurist? Some of us need noacurists, okay? And so, but we go to manicurist and we go to pe- uh, pedicurist because we want our fingers, you know. And so, because they're the, 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 the humble kind of thing, we want to take care of them. Well, it goes on and says... Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we what? We bestow greater um, honor. Those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Look, as you look around and you think, oh, that person, oh, oh, they caused me so much problems or whatever. God has them there for a reason. I remember a guy, previous church I was at, who fell asleep, snored. He was, though, mentally... Um, hurt in boot camp, um, had a mental breakdown, and it affected him. But was he part of the body? 100% he was a part of the body. And he may not have been able to do some of the great things that others could do. But God wanted him in our body for others to be able to minister to and to love on. And I'm not saying that he couldn't add anything. He did add to the body. But you get what I'm saying? God puts within the body everybody for a reason. Do not despise who God has chose to place in his body. And we do that in churches. 
we despise others. The mind of Christ is not the mind of Christ. Mutual need, a mutual concern, that there should be no schism in the body. Verse 25, God composed the body that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all the members should suffer. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Have you ever become jealous of somebody else in the body? Somebody stands up and they sing a special, and you're jealous because the attention's going to them right that, at that moment. I wish I could sing like that. I wish I could play like that. Whatever, okay? I mean, I'm I, not jealous. Envy of my daughters sometimes when they're playing the piano. I would love to sit and to be able to play. not jealous, when they're honored, I know I'm honored with them. When Micah gets to go to Germany, we all ought to rejoice with Micah in the moment. Big dog. Yeah, you get to do it. (laughs) Think about it. That would be easy for us, right? You know, I wish I was a, God gave you all that talent, not me. You know? And we do that. We act that way. Make sense? And I could not just pick a mic, I could go to, around the room, but you guys get that, okay? We can act in our flesh. Weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who what? With weep. In the assembly, we ought to be so together that right now, many of you know, and probably some might have been figuring out, my left knee hurts so bad. It's like crying at me. And I'm saying, shut up! Shut up, knee! Go away! I don't want you! It doesn't do it. That's exactly right. But the rest of my body is what? It's compensating for my knee. Especially when I try to roll out and get out of bed and my knee's locked up and I can't... And, you know, it's the middle of the night and the rest of my body is just kind of working and getting to the bathroom because <laughs> my left knee doesn't want to go. It wanted to stay. Okay? Sometimes it's that way in the body of Christ. We've got a part that's locked up. And so Galatians chapter 6 tells us that when someone is struggling, that the rest of us who are spiritual should what? Restore them. Bear them up. Restore them. Rather than saying, shut up, knee, go away. I don't want you anymore. Let me go get a new knee. It may happen, but anyways, but you know what I'm saying. So that's, that's the last step. Make sense? We are the body of Christ. We are a spiritual body. We each have a part. We ought to be playing our part. If you're not playing your part, this body is lacking. I hope over the last three weeks you got that point. And that it came in loud and clear. If you're here and you're not being a part of it, if you're just playing the, uh, sitting in the stands, this assembly is missing something. Because God brought you here for a reason. So, questions in the end. How would you describe your role in the local church? Why are you here? What does God have you here for? Really, honestly, truly, why does God have you here? Do you truly believe that God has gifted you? Again, I told you, I warned you, I'm going to ask you, is God a liar? Good job, Alessandra. That's exactly right. God is not a liar. He doesn't lie. Therefore, if he says that he's gifted you, then what? He's gifted you. Well, he missed me. He was giving everybody else, but I was hiding behind the tree when he was giving them out. No, it didn't work that way. You got a gift. 
I don't believe in doing gift surveys. I don't believe in gift surveys. Your gift is going to come out in the things that you desire to do, you like to do. Okay? Just like your natural gifts. Your spiritual gifts are no different. It's going to happen. God placed in you a desire to do things. Do it for Jesus. Do it for the Lord. Are you willing to allow God to use you for the good of everyone? Or do you really want attention drawn to yourself? When we come to testimony time, again, I'm not trying to shut down testimonies, but you need to think about that. Am I giving a testimony to really glorify God, something that will edify the saints, or am I giving a testimony so it draws attention to me? Hmm. Okay? So normally, every week we have testimony time. Where communion is, it would be a testimony time where people can share what, what their, God's doing in their life. Okay? And so... It's about God. It's not about me. It's not about, about anyone else. Okay? Have you been looking down on others in the body of Christ, whether here or in the greater body? This is important to me. Okay? Again, I get to deal with people from a lot of different churches. And when we go knocking on doors, right, Steve? We had a great fellowship with a young lady who goes to another church. She doesn't go to this church, so clearly she, she's not spiritual. She ain't she, she saved, so she can come to this church. No, that's stupid. That's dumb. We had a great time of fellowship with her. Okay? And so I can't despise others in the body of Christ just because they may not be exactly like me. Whether in the appearance of color or doctrine or whatever, God's in charge. Okay? In the end, is there a need to change the way you think and therefore change the way you act? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you that you are the head and that you have equipped us, you have gifted us, you have done all these things that you might be magnified. And so, Lord, I ask, I ask, I plead that you would be magnified in this assembly. Lord, we don't ask to be large in numbers. We just ask to magnify you. And so I, I pray for not only myself, but for each individual, Lord, that you would place it upon our hearts what you would have us to do for the good of everyone. What part is it that you have us playing? And so, Lord, for those in the assembly who, who may be challenged on this right now, I pray that you would bring them to the next step, that they want to be committed to the assembly, that they want to be um, um, working am amongst the assembly. There's so many things I know, Lord, that you'd have us to do. And so I just pray that um, you'd have us to do it, again, to your honor, to your glory. In Christ's name, amen.